Hey devs, you're tuning into the debug log number 58. Uh, today's episode was a really fun one to record. Uh, we actually had a lot of fun with it uh, because it's basically just a rant about the game industry and the development process in general. Uh, actually, I, you know, I'm kind of hesitant to use the word rant because it kind of has this negative connotation that we're, you know, just spewing information at you. But no, we actually have a really good discussion. We all bring our A games when it comes to, you know, our our gripes with the industry. So we actually hold no punches. So you know, everything's really transparent on what the day-to-day life is uh, for a developer, for a game developer, and the issues that we face and the issues that we don't really like in the industry. Uh, so we talk about that. So if you're brand new to in, uh, the game industry or the game development process, or even if you've been in the process and game development for a very long time, there's going to be something here that you can point to and say, hey, I agree with that, or this is what happens to me, uh, or you're just provided some clarity as to what goes on in this industry. Uh, uh, so in particular, we're talking about you know the crunch, the idea of crunch in the industry, as well as crashes, so bugs and how we deal with them and how they can sometimes ruin our lives. So <laughs> well, that's what we talk about in this episode, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, this is the Debug Log, episode 58. Oh yeah, Abina. What's up? Abina. Yes. I forgot. To hell with Georgia. What? <laughs> the hell? Are we playing you guys today or next week? No, you, you, played, us, you played us this past weekend and lost. Oh, you didn't see that? Oh no, yeah, that was, was a bad game. We yeah, lost it to was, Georgia yeah. Tech. Yeah. Yeah, you Thanks guys lost my life. To us. <laughs> it sucks. What was I doing Saturday? Yeah, probably I something better than watching that game. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Oh well. Dang it. That wasn't yeah. as fun as I thought it'd be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said that online. That reaction. <laughs> Debug Log, a podcast about game development. My name's Obino Opara. I'm Andrew Curry. I'm Ryan Kilgore. And I'm Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. And again, we don't have Zach. I'm not sure what he's doing these weeks. <laughs> we were missing him again. Um, hey, quick. He was. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> Eduardo, Eduardo killed him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's ascending the ladder. Something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll keep things rolling without him. Um, we actually have a lot of. Uh, we're going to do our weekly, uh, you know, shout out for our iTunes reviews. We've gotten a lot of good reviews lately. Uh, a nice email as well from Sweden. I think it was all the way from Sweden. Uh, so we have a lot of good five star reviews, and I'm going to read those really quickly. Uh, first one is from Memory Resigned, who's titled it Fantastic. I love these guys. They're smart, they're funny, and have a great understanding of what they're talking about. I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one is, and I love this username, G Toothpicks, with an extra S. <laughs> S. They put effort into this podcast. The episodes are the episodes vary in length and format sometimes, too. Always done with consideration and educational. I would like to hear an episode that breaks down the issues with working with Unity's light mapping slash customizing it and different ways to work with light mapping in Unity. It's one of the reasons I considered moving to Unreal. Well, that was kind of a great review, but but I hear your I hear your uh, your uh, your call out there, G Toothpicks. We'll we'll try to get an episode about light mapping and address that. Um, I guess specifically with Unity, or hopefully have someone from Unity talk about it. That'll be even better. Yeah. Um, 
Next one is from Painbot, uh, who says, Fantastic series. For whatever reason, every podcast on the topic of game development or game design seems to die off pretty quickly. Episode quality goes down, and publication becomes less frequent. That is definitely not the case with TDL. There are almost 60 regular published episodes at the time of this writing. The one thing I genuinely appreciate about TDL's format is it's... Or is that it's not just a bunch of guys spewing information as if it were facts. Every segment is a discussion, including the interviews. They each have their own opinions on the topics that they discuss. And they don't always, they, and they don't always agree. But I can always end an episode with enough information to either form my own opinions or research the topic further. I'd highly recommend listening if you haven't already. Oof, I love that one, Painbot. Thank that's you. Good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> thank you, guys. Um, and finally, okay. our last five-star review after I think it's been maybe a month of uh, not having a new review uh, is from, this one's interesting, Zephyrs spelled with an X, so very elite. Great podcast for any indie dev or purveyor of games. Look, there are some 9 million podcasts out there that you could be listening to, but <laughs> this definitely sounds like an advertisement. Yeah. Did one of you guys write this? <laughs> no, I didn't write it. No. You got okay. me. <laughs> you got me. Okay. Look, there's some 9 million podcasts out there that you could be listening to, but why waste your time with dry, stuffy nonsense when you could be listening to these guys? Entertaining, viable information presented in some hoopy fruits. The debug log keeps me company almost every day on my way home from work. I'm currently working on my first game, enjoying the hurdles of it all and learning a boatload along the way. When Labyrinthier is complete, shout out to his game, Labyrinthier, the debug log is going to get an inspirational credit f- for keeping me motivated. So, oh, that's nice. I love this guy. Yeah, I love cool. that one. That was really good. So thanks again for all the wonderful reviews. They definitely, definitely help us uh, you know, keep that momentum and it inspires us to keep going. Like you said, 60 going strong. We're going to keep these episodes rolling out for you guys, and I hope you guys continue to enjoy them and continue writing reviews. So, yes. So, today, our great topic. This one's actually a great topic because, um, well, I guess they're all great topics, but this one is particularly interesting because I don't think we're going we're gonna, to, we're going to try to shy away, shy away from, like, just the flowery talk of game development. I think in a lot of our previous episodes, we've kind of, like, given you the upside and the you know, the rainbow at the end of the tunnel or end of the hill, I guess, uh, of game development. But this time we're just going to talk about the nitty gritty of game development, basically the dark side of game development, the sides that maybe people don't really talk to you about in the game, in the interview that you're in, or, you know, your friends don't really highlight just the uglier side of game development that you don't really want to talk about, or you don't really hear a lot in media. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. So it's going to be like things about crunch, uh, you know, you know, deadlines, uh, crashes, bugs, and the criticisms and you, criticisms you may get, uh, both in house, like in your studio or outside of your studio, based on your game. So I know a lot so, of indie developers are feeling that as well. So what were you saying? All the all those all those reviews you just read about being inspiring were going to go counter. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're just so all that you happy down. feeling you were feeling. <laughs> Give up. <laughs> your life uh, is pain. That's all. <laughs> But again, like the, actually, like the inter- that review said, this is just going to be a discussion. I just want us to talk about our experiences at, as developers throughout our many years. Ryan, you know, you've been in it for like eighty years, so so many years of experience. Just talk Back about in the your stick experiences. throwing days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to get into is just the dark side of game development, things that we've experienced as game developers, or we've heard experiences of game development that have not been like 
you know, just things that people come in contact with in, in every day. Uh, and first things first is actually this episode was actually inspired by Ryan uh, and by, <laughs> you know, some of the things that's going on here at Sprockets. Um, and that's just like there's a there's a heavy crunch, a heavy period of crunch going on. And um, actually, before we get into that, can one of you guys define what crunch is to some of our listeners who may not know what crunch is, what crunch time is? Yeah, I mean, I'll pretty much describe what I've been experiencing the past uh, couple weeks or so. Uh, it's basically a, a period of time when you're trying to reach maybe a, a milestone end of a sprint, you know, a, like a deadline, and you're putting in like a lot more work than normal to try to reach your goals and get all of that stuff done. So, you know, instead of working maybe like your normal eight or 10 hour day, all of a sudden you're staring down 12, 16 hour days. And this is going on for like multiple days a week, and you're just trying to get everything in line. So it's, it's you know, it's a high pressure time during development where, you know, hopefully at the end of it, you get a lot done, you feel really good about it and you kind of break through the other side um but it's very can be very painful while you're in it yeah for sure so yeah it's it's really just a time where you're basically grinding on whatever development you're doing Uh, again this is actually applies to all sorts of development not necessarily just game development people who do web dev or do etc or even are in college you know you have a crunch period that you may experience for a test or something you know you're studying for a test so yeah this is just a a period of time where you're just grinding day in day out to reach a certain goal um so yeah and it's really prevalent right now at sprockets where we're um ryan more so than i am but you know are pushing you know nightly you know going throughout the night well, not throughout the night, but late into the no, night. No, no, not that bad. But yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not that bad. <laughs> but late into the night, you know, working on this project. Um, so, yeah, Ryan, could you explain just a little bit more about, like, what you guys are dealing with, how that's been affected you, or how it's been affecting you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Honestly, this has been, like... I mean, as far as crunches go, it's it's been sort of... Um, not necessarily laid back but at least you know the production team has been very accommodating they're like you know they'll buy you dinner and they'll be like who is staying tonight or who has stuff that needs to get done um you know if you do if you honestly don't have anything to get done say like maybe you're a designer and your stuff's locked in place for the sprint you're good you know you can go home but as far as engineering goes you know there's like a morning call for like who you know in sprint who's got to do what what's left and like are you staying tonight and if you're you know it's not there nobody's forcing you but it's also one of these things where it's kind of expected of you to be like hey if your shit's not done you know we better see you here at dinner time working on your stuff because the rest of the team is trying to hash that out too 14 uh, pieces but, of flair right yeah, yeah exactly you gotta you gotta get that flair <laughs> like, you know. we require lemon but some people choose to wear more <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we well, encourage this behavior yeah. which is kind of what it is yeah. Oh, that was from Office Space. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's, cool. and, yeah, it is more of an encouragement environment right now. Nobody has said mandatory, but, I mean, it, it could come to that. It comes to that sometimes. Um, yeah. Actually, speaking of just crunch in general, it's like, you, it, I guess people may wonder, like, why, where did this concept of crunch come from? Uh, and why, you know, why did project managers and, and, and like, CEOs and whatever technical directors start implementing this thing called crunch uh, to reach milestones. And it basically just came from a need to, you know, owners were just trying to optimize and maximize on their employees, just like, you know, you've probably seen in your day-to-day, your nine-to-five where they're like, hey, can you help us do this? And, you know, just try to get the most bang for their buck, essentially, uh, to finish this this um, this project or this, you know, particular 
you know, milestone. Um, but again, with crunch, there is like you have it sometimes can lead to an opposite effect or you have the opposite de- effect than what was desired in, you know, trying to get a product out. And, you know, you end up with something worse than you initially planned for because of, you know, you're working these 12, 14 hour shifts instead of, you know, you know, or six to eight or eight hour shifts. So there's diminishing returns when you do try to crunch for a long, long period of time. Um, and actually I was reading, I don't know if you guys remember, I'm pretty sure you guys do remember, but remember that article about, um, I think it was an article posted on Live Journal back in 2004 about the EA, the wife of the EA uh, oh, yeah, developer. The EA wives, yeah. Yeah, yeah, EA wives or CS yeah, spouse or whatever. And she just was spouse, talking yeah, about. Sorry. She was talking about like her husband's, you know, work environment under working for a game developer, working for EA, and how it had such a negative effect on him and his ability to perform and just their, even their relationship. So. You guys want to speak to any of that, like how? Well, that well that that goes into question. Like you're talking about, it like comes from people wanting to maximize. But I mean, it's such a prevalent thing, and it happens in almost every project. Every project I've ever worked on has a point where I'm almost staying up all night, mm-hmm. even on just like you said. Even I've done web stuff where that happens because it yeah. seems. I don't know if that's a programming thing. You know, you just end up not having stuff at the end, or. But is it? Is this something just so inherent that it's always going to be there? Because, I mean, when it's happened, it it always feels like somehow this is a failure of planning. Yeah, That yeah. we didn't get yeah. to this, you know. Exactly. But, I mean, but that being a part of it, like, because what that article goes into is about, like, in other fields, they have unions. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially, like, in the, I mean, the, the one, the, the, the parallel we always talk about is, like, the movie industry. And the and movie industry is another one has super long hours. You know, you have fourteen hour days and stuff. But the problem, the difference is, they get paid for ten minutes of overtime. Mm-hmm. Like they get paid. Unions are super strict mm-hmm. with the movie business. And do you guys see that as like a future, or is that something that like is that the way to fix it, or is there just better ways to manage projects if that's ever well, going to happen? Uh, you know, honestly, I I think. That may be part of a solution. I mean, because I, I, I completely agree with somewhat on the planning side of things. You know, that never... Yeah, and I, like you said, I guess it's just software. Is it so complex that you just can't accurately predict, you know, when something's going to get done? Or, I mean, may, or sometimes it's other things I feel like, too. Like, all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, well, the end of the year's coming up, and we'd really like to have this to show off for, like, the higher up. So yeah. it's, like, almost like an honor thing. You're trying to, like okay, if we hit this and we can, you know, come back and feel good about it and, you know, know it's at a certain point. Um, But, yeah, I think, you know, it might help alleviate crunch if you put the dollars behind it. If you said, hey, companies, you know, if you want these, like, engineers, artists, designers to stay overtime, you're going to give them, like, time and a half or at least pay them their hourly equivalent. And then they'd really think about that, I think. Yeah, I think what the industry tried to do, especially, was try to alleviate or, you know, the alleviation came in the form of, I'm giving you guys higher salaries, more benefits than a lot of the other fields that are getting, like, you know, these dental health benefits, you know, bring your dog to work type benefits, lunch in the office kind of benefits. Those were the things they tried, or gym in the the office. You know, I think these kind of benefits, they thought was, you know, this should be sufficient to get people to work for a product for X amount of hours, you know, because you're doing it in a space where it feels like home, where it feels good, and you're getting you're getting your lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I feel like they tried to offer benefits as a way to, you know, that's the way to curtail, mm-hmm. you know, this giving you extra hours. Uh, but another thing, what, what, what uh, Andrew was talking about earlier about um, 
you know, is it a fact of not being able to plan or is it just the nature of development? And I think you're kind of right. I think it's just the nature of product development in general. It's like things like that, like feature creep or, or just wanting, like Ryan said, just wanting to have a certain thing at a certain point right. is just something that kind of happens. Um, and, and, and I think it, it literally can be planned, but I think the way people and humans work and products work, we always just want a little bit more. Uh, well, I, that's always the way. That's what I say is always creative things. Like mm-hmm. you're, you work on it till you run out of time. Exactly. You know, and then at the end, you're like, oh, no, no, no. But the problem with that's the difference. The problem with software, you always try to push it and you're like, oh, no, this all broke. Hold on. We have to fix all this now. <laughs> exactly. and, then you have to like, and it's like it backs up on itself. I remember reading a book <clears throat> right when I started just getting into programming, like web stuff. <clears throat> it's a book called Dreaming in Code. You guys ever read that book? No. no. It's about that guy that Mitch Kapoor when he like Lotus Notes or something a famous software developer guy and he started a company and they were just making like a calendar app or something mm-hmm. and this guy this journalist followed them for like three years you know wow. they, they're supposed to get it done in like six months or you know what I mean it's that mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's not necessarily a nightmare scenario now that I'm in it it's like yeah that's exactly what happens because feature creep and you're whiteboarding stuff and then but it, reading that book was probably like a good like a, you should read this book if you like this topic because it was kind of a nightmare going through that book and seeing the just how you can't that was the big premise and the thesis of that book is that you cannot because they talk about the you know the mythical man month and all that stuff like you cannot sufficiently plan software projects i mean i know the industry's gotten easier when they have specialties and with games and other stuff but then again like i said it's at the core of it it's a creative thing and again you like we said you're not building a website that just needs to work. You can get all the parts in place. The models can look good. All the things look great. Mm-hmm. How you planned it, but then it sucks. Yeah, and it's not <laughs> fun. And you're like, what are we gonna do? And then you scramble. So it, it, it's just it, it. It seems overwhelming, and it's uh, yeah, that 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 can be a nightmare scenario, especially if there's no way out of it. There's no vision, you know. Mm-hmm. To get well, out of I that think crap. I think that yeah, it's it's really difficult to plan for. Uh, that kind of situation, but that type of extreme crunch uh, can be avoided because uh, if you're Mister Efficiency if, here, <laughs> I'm sorry, daughter. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, because, for example, in in my experience, um, I I first look for functionality, and then if I have more time, I try to improve it and make it pretty, like a like uh, I would prefer. But um, if I know I have a deadline, uh, I try to uh, tackle the things that my client need or, or my uh, project manager needs, uh, and then I, I try to improve it. But also, also to, to you know, answer to Andrew's um, question, if crunch could be like the future of, of uh, game development, I, I hope uh, that's not the case because it really messed up the uh, messes up the uh, life work balance like when you're working so many hours you don't pay you don't have time to pay attention to your family like you're supposed to and then you start having problems with your wife with your kids so just yeah or husband yeah my bad yeah so anyway uh, sorry to to, um actually i think you andrew was saying was the uh if unionization was the future of game development which i think is i mean that a way that, to motivate project managers to actually get their ass in gear it's and, you it know seems like that would be they have the, to pay for it yeah it seems like that would be the ideal but i think 
right now the mind to mind set of corporations and AAA game studios is that you know the unionization or the paying for it is done with all these other benefits. Um, so I don't know. See, and yeah, yeah, that. Th- but that that's because it's cheaper for them. Coming, well, it's yeah, cheaper, yeah, exactly. of course, it's cheaper course than to buy a bunch that. of granola bars and soda instead of exactly. paying you overtime. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> but then but, I think well, they would like maybe lower their minimum or maximum salary. You know, it's not going to be six figures anymore. It's going to be sixty thousand yeah, or something. This stuff is this stuff is I'm sorry but it's like it's kind of standard now even with the salaries being what they are. I mean you make good money but there's other software in, in like engineering, you know, jobs which can make a comparable amount of money and have similar benefits, you know, like this, some of the game companies in Georgia when I used to work in that state, you know, it's like some of the companies I worked for there, they weren't like major game studios like I you know at one point you know, I worked for Turner, and they had like you know a, a, competi- a competitive salary for the area and a lot of these other good benefits. And mm-hmm. it's like those are great, but those are just becoming your getting the door sort of. This is how you get talent because if you don't have that, you're not even going to get the talent. But you know, I think it's a second step where we need to say, yeah, we're paid well because you, these things are fucking complex. Yeah, and these yeah. things are creative, and you can't just drag any programmer or any designer or any artist off the street and expect well, to like get a good output from it. And that's what seems it almost is inversely proportional if you're just a – say you're just a designer. I've been a designer at a corporate place before where you just do the stuff and you leave it five, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, but the thing about when you're just a worker like that or you're just a pro- networking program where you work on some weird email stuff all day and then you leave is that the difference is you have no responsibility, right? I mean you, ha- you need to be responsible for your task and get them done and blah, blah, blah. But I've always found that the more responsibility I've had as you go up and, you know, into different positions and the more freedom you have and autonomy, the more willing you are to say, I'm going to stay three hours after this to do this, figure this out myself because I need to, because you feel personally responsible. And so that kind of plays. And I mean, half of that's cool and it's really nice because that's when you feel like you're in charge of your career and you have a sense of, but also Mm -hmm. half of that plays into the company's. Yeah, like, yes, it feels like it's you're sexu- in control. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> you'll think, do it. You'll volunteer to do it. You know, because you really want to make it good. That's true. Yeah, I think that's another another piece that's at play, and I think they are leveraging that. Like even you know how they build their teams, like small teams. You know, is kind of like, hey, you have more ownership of this or less less overhead. You have more on- ownership of the product, and therefore you're more willing to do these crazy hours or spend an overnight just to fix a bug. You know. So I think it is a smart play, and I think we're getting a little way off topic, a little way off topic about, like, just focusing on, you know, just, like, that crunch and, and the the effects that it can have on a developer. But I guess we were kind of staying in tune, but... I mean, we're, we're sort of, like, I, I think we're orbiting that... I'm just trying know, to be negative. I'm trying to be generally yeah, negative. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, let me reel it back in and get a little bit more... and just talk about like um so just more specifically some of the negative effects that crunch can have on go ahead yeah what oh no no, i'm sorry to cut you off there but like um the uh, like what eduardo was saying you know it it goes into that with the hours and then like you mentioned the benefits of saying hey guess what we'll we'll get you dinner and we'll get you lunch it's like well yeah that's to keep you at your desk and me personally in the past you know couple weeks i've noticed i'm like man I've gained a little bit of weight, and it's because well, what do I do? It's like I'm, you know, I know I'm going to stay late, so even though I might be able to drive and or walk into work, I'll drive instead. And then I'm at my computer from like 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. And you know, during that time, I'm like shoveling food in my mouth for lunch, and then shoveling food in my mouth for dinner. You know, that was brought mm-hmm. into the company. You know, it's great we can stay there and get our work done, but it's like now I'm actually 
having a physical detriment to myself because, yeah. you know, I'm not getting enough exercise anymore and I'm just eating takeout food, you know, five days a week. That's so, so true. It's actually a, it's something I, I really noticed when I moved to, you know, a lot of these, I guess, high tech company, not really high tech, but tech companies where you're you're basically eating your lunches at your desk. Because they you want know, you to it, be there. Yeah. Yeah. They really yeah. want you to be there. Like in previous companies, I was like. It was just a natural thing where you get up from your seat and you go eat lunch somewhere. You don't really stay there and eat it in front of your desktop or in front of your laptop and monitor. But now, like a lot of my past three or four companies, that's been like the case, um, which is very interesting. And like you said, it, it's depressing one of the next. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, it's depressing <laughs> in that you're you're really not getting steps, and you and actually you have to. I've had to start like actively thinking, hey, I need to get my steps in. I need yep. to get up and move because otherwise I'm just going to be sitting here working on this problem for until, you know, six o'clock. So it's really good. That's, that's a real negative effect is just having you stagnant and having you sitting down for X amount of hours is not good. Um, right. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Avina, because... Um, that you could say, yeah, but you can always uh, go out and... Uh, just have dinner somewhere else or lunch somewhere else but it's really difficult when you're uh, in the middle of a problem and you're really focused you don't want to uh, leave your desk you want to stay there to figure out what the hell is is wrong with your game Um, which is exactly what the company uh, wants but it it really requires uh, like concentration and discipline to say no hey I'm I'm going to uh, leave for an hour and have lunch somewhere else and walk a little bit. Or well, that ties into the culture thing too, mm-hmm. because that happens. Like, if the company culture is developed that way, then you're like, let's go for lunch. You're like, oh, I can't. I'm doing this. And like, okay, I guess I won't either. Mm-hmm. Or leaving in five, like you said, Ryan. Like, well, you're the designer and you already fixed your thing, and so. But then mm-hmm. something. But I've had plenty of times where I was done with certain things, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're like. We're like, well, Bina, we work together. And you're like, oh, Bina's still here. I was like, well, what can I help you with? You know what I mean? You have people yeah. just volunteering to help. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. you're trying to help. Because really, on the ground level, you're just trying to help the people you work with. And it's all about kind of. And so, but then it gets them to. It's another way of like. Actually, they're just like twiddling their thumbs. Like, yes, work together. So, <laughs> so, so question, actually. You bring up a really good point, Andrew. And just like that could be another dark side of game development. Is, is the culture that indie developers or you know, studios, AAA studios are forming, or tech companies in general are forming, is that a negative culture? Like, the on the outside, on, on the surface level, it really, to all my friends even, I explain what I do and explain the company culture, and they're like, oh man, that sounds amazing. You know, working at Google, that sounds amazing. But is this, at the heart, at the core, is it a negative co- company culture for the developer? Well, it's weird because it's like how much, it's like, to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs, right? So it's like a lot of these companies are t- top of their, you know, game. Like I remember one time I saw an Apple, like their welcome letter. Do you ever see that, like on Reddit? Like when mm. you get a job there, they give you this letter. But mm-hmm. like it says, yeah. an, and it's a nice letter. It says, "We want to thank you, welcome part of this family." But in like in two or three kind of different ways, they basically say, you know, it's more important to be like focus. Like this is part of your mission here, and all these other mm-hmm. things, you know, and like kind of saying like, and I forgot exactly what it said, but. But that's what they're saying. It's like, well, we want, uh, like, you know, A A plus people here. And we want them dedicated because we're trying to change the world in so many ways. We're trying to make this game as revolutionary. So, yeah, in the long term, you need to be with your family. But, you know, we have to, like you said, it's like they're, it, it's, it's admirable and cool. And, like, a lot of companies that do change the industry and change, you know, stuff 
have that kind of attitude, but also it's like that's not sustainable mm-hmm. for 20 years. That's why there's so much churn with these companies, you know, because yeah. you're like, and that's why all these people like, I need to go start my own company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And then they work more hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel, I feel like as, a, as an employer, I would uh, pay more attention to my employees than to have them actually uh, all the time working in, in, the, in the game or the product if it's a technology company. Uh, so to make sure that they are uh, rested, that they have uh, like they have the 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 hundred percent of of their uh, strength to to work in in the game. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it you could introduce a bug because you're tired and you can miss an error and I don't know commit it to to a to the trunk and then you messed up things. It's yeah. like uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but actually, the devil's advocate that like you don't. You, the, the the problem they're dealing with is like, well, do we lay off everybody next week or do you finish the game tonight? <laughs> no, I'm saying, you know what I mean? They're dealing with schedules and like the only companies that can really do that are like Valve or Blizzard, right? They're like, well, it's done when it's done. They're like, that's nice that you guys can yeah, just that's what <laughs> sit yeah, around. Yeah, that's a very small pool with that power, like you said, yeah. that have enough just residual income that we're like, well, yeah, we can take this time and not kill everyone and do it right. So, yeah. actually, um, I'd also like to. Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I would also like to put maybe actually flip it around and put some of it on the developer too. Like you know, honestly, for a lot of this stuff, like say eating lunch at my desk, that's not necessarily the. Co- I mean, the company trying to do anything there, put one over on me. It's just like I want to sit there and play Overwatch, or it's just convenient. It's you know, some of this is you know the developers need to try to like form their own. It's almost like the pre-unionizing thing where you just try to get get the office culture. Like, no, let's not all just sit inside and do this today. Let's go do something somewhere that you can live without us for an hour. You know, mm-hmm. it's like sort of getting that routine going where they, you know, it's not abnormal to see that happen. So you know, kind of like going to the food trucks like we do sometimes. Like, hey, let's take some time and actually go out and do something different and have some fun. So. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. A quick, quick thing. I just want to rewind back to Eduardo's comment about some of the negative effects that can come as a result of these long hours and this crunching and just the negative, um, you know, not taking care of yourself essentially um so let me just spew out a couple of these and then we'll go back to what ryan was talking about just like combating how do you combat some of these effects of crunch um but yeah i i'm sure a lot of you guys know but studies have definitely been done on the negative effects of crunch uh for instance productivity i'm just going to read facts so it scares you guys a little bit productivity (laughs) drops immediately upon starting overtime and continues to drop until at approximately 80 or so uh 60 hour weeks uh, so basically, in the short term, you're working over. If you're working over 21 hours continuously, it's equivalent to being legally drunk. Uh, longer if period. What if you're also drunk? While you're then, working. then you're definitely <laughs> legally drunk. Yeah. Does it cancel it's out? Because like, yeah. like, sometimes. <laughs> no, you're just really drunk. Then. <laughs> Damn, I just wasted. Uh, so longer periods of continuous work drastically reduce cognitive function and increase the chance of catastrophic error, which Eduardo was touching on. It's like you can just make these silly mistakes after point after a certain time you're just going to start making errors you're just going to start introducing new bugs you're just going to be pushing stuff to the repository that's just not work going to work um oh another little quick tidbit they added here was just programmers artists testers etc aren't paid for their bulging muscles and the phenomenal ability to move mass from point one or point a to point b they're paid for their brain so the longer hours you work uh, especially with inefficient sleep like as little as to one to two hours or less per night it does serious damage their ability 
to do you know to use those brains productively or productively so they definitely have a lot of major consequences for staying these long nights or you know even another thing you need to realize is just because when you're at work is not the only time you may be thinking at the project so you may be working when you're not sitting in front of your desk or you're you're not at the cubicle that you're working in like sometimes i go home and i'm still thinking about problems or i'm still thinking about the you know the algorithm to do you know certain things so or even sometimes i even sleep and dream about problems which is you know you're constantly churning this problem out so it, it's really can be a negative thing especially if you don't take a step back and you know relax re- allow your mind to relax uh from the work day that's interesting too because that that also might be a reason because there's also a romanticized part of this too right because i personally for some reason especially if it's a personal project it's kind of fun if you have the time to pull like oh let's just stay up all night and do finish this thing it's like a game jam mentality it's like people like game jams mm-hmm. you know there's part of the game developer and programmers like let's kind of this is like triage crisis war room mode let's just do this this is fun let's you know because you know, <laughs> it is creative and it can be fun but like you said, if it's part of a if it's part of an institutionalized process, that's not yeah. as fun over time. Yeah, and the thing about I, oh, go ahead, Obina. Oh, no, I was just saying uh, the thing about game jams is it has a deadline. It, it there is no ending, passing. Right? Yeah. yeah, there's no passing. I mean, you can of course say I want to take this project further, but that game jam in particular but says it, it ends at you know. Right. I'm just saying that there's some there's something in us that likes that kind of yeah, crisis yeah, mode, true. and so it kind of. Sometimes at the beginning of that crunch, you're like, well, I'm not tired. It's like, anybody can stay. It's like, yeah, I, yeah, let's do this. Come on. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I think we can finish it. And then you're like, that's true. It's Saturday night, and I'm still here doing this thing. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I honestly, that's a young ga- man's game with really no consequences. So, like, the sort of game jam mentality. When you, like, I've noticed myself now, like you guys were saying about statistics of, like, not getting sleep or working so long. There's such a diminished return. If I had that game jam mentality, it would just be a fucking waste of time for right. about, like, 10, 11 p.m. till about 8 a.m. If, like, that time is totally wasted. Like, that's if true. I don't get sleep, I will spend you know, an hour working on something that, like, completely rested would have taken me, like, 10 minutes to that's solve. True. And that's just yeah, so I'm inefficient. Same. I'm the same. And, yeah, and, that, and, yeah, and a- this isn't professional stuff either, you know, or, you know, it's professional stuff, so you got to make sure that it's right. It's not just like, well, this works right now. Just slap that in there. It's cool. When we show it off Sunday, it'll work. It's like, no, we're just going to have to pay for this tech debt mistake later if we start yeah. making sloppy decisions. Yeah, and tech debt is expensive. <laughs> so. It is a bitch, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, just uh, I guess to ro- roll into what Ryan was talking about earlier, just s- some of the things that he does to basically try to negate all these negative effects of crunch. So when you're when you're front or confronted with having to stay late for you know x amount of hours, what can you do to try to combat those things and try to not let it affect your mentality or your motivation as much as it could affect it. Um, so I know one thing you, for go ahead. Go ahead. No, just say no, one, no, you're fine. one thing for me, um I, I wear glasses, so a lot of I had a lot ah! of <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Monster <laughs> so do I, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Anyway, so I, I wear glasses, so I'm I'm staring in front of this this computer screen for or you know, what's it called? Blue light blue light or whatever for so so many hours out of the day. So it took me a while to realize, because I used to get a lot of migraines and headaches so from staring at the screen so long. So I eventually had to, you know, went to the eye doctor and said, he was like, you know, definitely get some, 
uh, was it blue light tints or whatever, some kind of you know lens or, or what's it called film on your glasses so you can see you know better during these blue lights or it doesn't affect your eyes as much. Um, so that's something one, one thing I did to try to combat you know. There's a program called Flux too that works on Mac and PC that as the sun sets it changes it your screen. Oh, the dims. The oh, that's it changes cool. the tint to it sort of. So by midnight it's kind of all orange, all a sepia tone. Oh, that's it, cool. It doesn't yeah, work if you're a designer or artist, but it works if you're a That's programmer. true, yeah. That's cool. It's free, too. Check yeah, it out. Uh, you're designer, that's a so were the, like, stupid yeah. colors! So, Stop changing! <laughs> yeah, I made an old-timey <laughs> sepia tone. But, yeah. So, another thing is, uh, especially for... This, I got a lot of eye things, because I guess that used to be my, one of my real hang-ups, is just eye strain. And one of the things... I do is like I look away from the monitor for at least 20 seconds every you know it's like every 10 15 minutes just make sure I look away for 20 or 30 seconds to rest my eyes or give it something so it's not strained and you're supposed to focus a longer distance yeah focus at a long distance look 30 feet beyond your monitor exactly for 20 seconds yeah yeah. and then you can come back yeah so it's like relaxing your eyes Uh, and then like Ryan said just get up stretch this is I guess we're just trying to talk about some ways you can combat this this stress from crunch um yeah and that's sort of physical labor actually unscientific thing here i've not really read anything on this but i like personally i feel that switching all my ides or anything on the screen to like the nighttime modes like where it's yeah. got like the black background i do that all white the time background. Yeah. yeah it just seems to go easier on my eyes yeah, in the yeah. long run because that like white background with the black text sometimes just seems very overbearing yeah it is but it's yeah crazy. so cool <laughs> Nice. Cool. Well, anybody, you guys have anything else to talk about as far as crunch goes and your experiences? I remember, yeah, actually, I'm done. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I was going to say another story, but then I was like, ah, nah, it's all right. <laughs> well, I mean, it is, it, it is, one thing I will say that's it kind of, I mean, it's, it's kind of like this, the battle mentality, like Andrew was saying. There, it is kind of a cool thing where I'll say like you do the dinner does come in and everyone goes and gets it and they may sit down for it's like fifteen building. minutes and yeah. eat yeah and team build and talk about the game or what they're doing like just some other shit maybe like a movie you know video games you know that that's that is cool to like sit together almost like a family and at least you know with smaller teams and stuff like that and you know just sort of bond a little but I mean granted you'd rather it not be at you know ten at night knowing you have a few more hours of work to do or something but oh and that's why some of that stuff is helpful every now and then I think doing yeah. those exercises is fun I mean we know well, the stories all of us even where we used to work together all of, you have stories like oh remember the time we stayed it's like yeah that sucked but it's kind <laughs> of a nostalgic kind of story you know what I mean like so a lot of that stuff yeah. is like camaraderie in, in the trenches kind of war stories that are fun but like I said, it can't be a systematic thing that they're relying on to, this yeah, is going to happen every week or every month or, you know. Speaking of, you remind me of one of our nostalgic moments about crunch at the old place. But one thing about, I realized, I started to realize, especially at this the last company, it was just the fact that sometimes crunch was almost, actually crunch was like never almost worth it. It was like, I, uh, it absolutely. was like, it, it was never <laughs> worth it. Like you spending that time to deliver a product or deliver some functionality, it was almost never worth it. Like the, the product manager's like, oh, okay, well, you know, we really didn't need it. We, you know, we kind of, 
we kind of said we were going to deliver at this date, but we don't really need to deliver. So that is true. I mean, there are some bigger, like you guys, like AAA kind of environments. I know we have to turn this in or get this vertical slice done for E3 or something by this day. Like it has to be done. But but that is totally true. It's smaller companies, like you say, indie studios or like little single A companies, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Every time. (laughs) <laughs> I told Avina this, and even he's agreed. I've stayed up even when I had like web dev kind of things. Yeah, like three or four times in my life, I've stayed up all night, like pulling mm-hmm. all nighter to get something all in there and fixed and done. Yeah, it never mattered. The next day, I was yeah. like, oh, we'll look at it on Monday. Like, yeah, oh my god, god. no, the hell you won't. You will look at it right now. <laughs> I'm just pass out then. Like, oh. uh, it's, it's the worst. Yeah, so I think you really have to, like, like Ryan said, sometimes the onus is on. Yeah, the onus is sometimes on the developer as well. Sometimes you need to. Actually, especially for the smaller companies, to maybe argue your way and, and try to make the product manager, product owner see the light that, you know, this is not going to get done by your time, or it's not going to get done well, or we're going to accumulate so much tech that if we tried to crunch this right well, now. Well, so. oh, that's that's a good point, though. At smaller companies, I think I think that is, um, that onus is on the developers. A lot of that time, just for you and my experience, a lot of that, the pressure is you put on yourself. That's true too. Where, because you're like, oh, when's this bug going to be fixed? You're like, Ugh, today maybe, hopefully, and then you're working on it a week later, and you feel bad the whole time. Instead of just going, hey, I can't do this today. We'll have to look at it Monday. I'm sorry. Yeah. And if you just said yeah. that, they're like, oh, no problem. But yeah. we, I, you don't want to look bad, and you, you're if you're an overachiever, you're trying like I gotta get it done, and then you just put it all and you kill yourself for nothing. Yeah. And I think think uh, we kind I kind of we kind of singled out the indie developer by or the small small company. I think the same thing can apply True. and does apply to AAA. And I think it should apply even more because there's a lot of project managers that have they do have some pressure coming up from above, but I think they need to and I think that's sort of their role as project managers is to help you know, guide, you know, kind of be the owners and, and protectors of the developers as well is not try to force things that may not need to get in the build at that certain time. Like, hey, we can push this to the next sprint. We can go without doing this, especially if in the cases where the the functionality or the piece of code that they're going to get in is just maybe temporary or placeholders right. not going to be final anyway. So they need to really, you know, walk that line finally or walk a fine line. Yeah, and then from a pro- yeah, well, then from a project manager standpoint, and just as a team, like we always talk about, our big thing is always what problem are you solving? That's mm-hmm. where like the rubber hits the road. You're like, okay, what do we actually need to get done for this sprint? You're like, do we need this to work in this work? Are we we're spending time with this animation we've messed with for hours? Drop it. Yeah. We're done. Move on. But like you said, just stand up for yourself. I guess yeah. that's the- stand up for yourself. Stand up for the product, and you know. And for your family, because like like we said earlier, sometimes you need to be spending time with your families instead of eating pizza with your friends, coworkers. Anyway, yeah, I guess move. I guess. Oh, one second, Uh yeah. I guess it's just all uh, communication between the project manager, the developer, and the higher executives. So just like get together and realize, hey, what what needs to be done, like Andrew said, and. That way, you avoid a lot of stress in your uh, in your employees. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, just to move on quickly, uh, this this one we've kind of touched on, but just like the other dark side of development um, is you know dealing with crashes and dealing with bug regression and blocking bugs that can consume your life for you know a number of days or a whole fucking computers yeah they can Why? really consume you and, and they can really stress you the hell out so that's like another dark side of development that people they do talk about it but sometimes you don't really understand the intensity or 
you know how bad bugs can be or can bu bugs can get. Um, so you guys want to talk on some of your bug woes? Well, bu bugs are the thing I always talk about because when in, I mean, as art and I come from design background, all this stuff, art and a lot of other things is much creativity and you know stuff requires a lot of those things can be estimated down to like well you know it takes me this long to do a model you might run into problems but it, you can with all your tools working you should be able to get it done in what you estimated right after yeah. you've done it forever yeah. the problem with the bug and computers and these things like this is that one you're a lot of times you're reinventing the wheel right when you're programming these systems or something but also with a bug you can it could literally take, it could take an hour it could, or you will never solve it <laughs> there's things that might never be able to be fixed because they're so systematic that it just can't happen or you, it takes you months to figure out where is that coming from so it's like it's so hard to actually that's yeah. the kind of most scary thing literally when you have a bunch of bugs and you're like don't know if you can when when the, you get that dreaded like question like I just mentioned before in the crunch section it's like when do you think you'll be able to fix it's like uh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll look at it. I'll look into it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's happened to me, like, specifically in this past two months. I think we've had a bug. We've called it the last hit bug, uh, where we, like, the player would do a last hit on an enemy and then it would crash the game or freeze it for a long time. It's the, uh, the literal last hit. It's literally <laughs> your last hit of the game. Last hit the server ever process. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So it's just like a bug like that. It's something that multiple developers have looked at. We've all like tried to peek at and see what's going on here. And, and another thing that happens with bugs is, like you said, you could be starting like Revent to World, or you could be fixing a small thing in a huge code base, and the, uh, the once yeah. <laughs> change can have like a, what's like a cascading effect, and you would never know like what is really causing your bug. I mean, that, we can go. We've I think we've briefly touched on bug testing and you know, how to you know handle bugs in a previous episode but there's there's a lot you know you might well, need to do to go ahead well, as you can say and that's part of the nightmare like you just kind of hinted on there is that just you don't want to be the negative as possible about this and scare the hell out of people yeah <laughs> you could go like i just said reinventing well i want to make my own what was our inventory system right what we talked <laughs> about time <laughs> yes. i want to make it from scratch <laughs> and I, why do you say it like that? I'm from scratch and I want to do it and like well you like you just say but we always approach that like this is going to be the best system in the world I'm going to understand yeah. all the aspects of it mm -hmm. there aren't going to be any bugs I'm going to know everything mm -hmm. you get two months on the road and you're like oh my god you're overwhelmed it's breaking in parts you didn't know just because you're having to make scroll bars from scratch and stuff like yeah, this yeah. you didn't know so that's going to be a problem and that can be so much work and overwhelming Oh, what's the other solution? Oh, let's just get an awesome plugin or some kind of pre-built solution. Yeah. But the problem is, you there have there could be a million lines of code in there that you don't understand, and bugs can happen that are like library bugs that you don't even yeah. know how to fix. That's true. And, and some companies, like you said, library in the sense that it could be like a C sharp bug, and you know, or a Unity bug, or Unreal bug, and you know, what the levels Unity yeah. bug. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> they they exist <laughs> they definitely exist but you know there's just so many levels like Andrew's saying to where the bug can be or it could be in multiple levels and you have no idea until you spend hours upon hours on figuring out where those bugs are and, and getting like Wayne and you, and, Wayne, you haven't mentioned the best thing though not just bugs you, this, this is a bean and I favorite it's the quirk 
a quirk is a a quirk is a bug that a company has recognized and refused to fix because they said they can't fix it. Like we like we ran into that scale form thing with iOS where it just doubled the memory and oh, yeah. RAM, and they, and you look in their forms like yeah, that's a known quirk issue. Yeah, it's a quirk, and that was like a four, memory leak isn't a quirk. That was four <laughs> years ago. And like oh, I guess it's just a feature now that you double. And then they <laughs> and then there's you get to the point where they're like oh well we're not even working on this. I know yeah. Anymore. So fix it yourself. Yeah, it's third annoying. party abandonment. Yeah. We need a, we need a sack here. He has the greatest box. Yeah, he does. He's, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I mentioned earlier, these buzz can you know consume hours upon hours or full days. Uh, you know they can be with you when you sleep or shower or as you use the restroom. There's just like bugs that will constantly haunt you, and that's that's a pretty dark side of game development, I would say, and I think a lot of people would agree with me. And saying that's that's kind of sucks. Um, another thing yeah. is, um, but yeah, was, say? like last, yeah, just last thing on that. It, there's some of the most complex fucking bugs you'll ever come across too, because I mean, games, especially multiplayer games. I mean, you're you're not really gonna ever find anything more complicated for a software system. It's like, well, what do you got? You got a, a client and a server, and the client's communicating with the server in real time, and it's multi-threaded, and these things are talking to database and chat servers, and this. So there's information like flying all over the place. Things running in parallel. And it's just like you know how these things don't just explode in fire sometimes. When characters in 3D you know? space and like trying to recreate yeah, some kind of yeah, weird you know, all thing. This physics and <laughs> physics simulation <laughs> synchronized over the. Like first, we're gonna need sixteen players to test this bug real quick. That's true too. <laughs> yeah, that's another. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Repro rates on that is like really hard sometimes. Like you said, it's like oh, we need sixteen players, and then they fight for twelve and a half minutes, and then player three has to drop out while this guy's manipulating his inventory. While he, like, pl- oh, while he plugs in a Guitar Hero con- controller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why would he do that? Yeah, I, like, I don't know. That. It's a bug. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Exactly. And, that, and that's why you run into things where you, you know, you're releasing a Destiny or uh, No Man's Sky and you're seeing bugs on the first day of release because that's some things you can't even find, like, like Andrew was saying, or you can't avoid. Um, oh, another thing uh, I mentioned earlier, or didn't mention, is just like how it may not be bugs that you're writing explicitly, I guess, but you know, like if programmers, you have a tools engineer that writes a certain tool that does something you know, awry, you know, put some data in awry or something. And it leads to faulty tools where content designers and artists are adding in content or developing, you know, content with faulty tools. And that just leads into, uh, you know, has cascading event, uh, effects as well. And that too, you have to like roll it back to where's the actual problem. Is it in the content they're, you know, developing, which there, there will be, but the actual problem may have been in the tool. So, that, and and just, so just dealing with faulty tools in general is also a dark side of the game development and or not up to date tools or tools that don't do the full spectrum of what needs to be get done. Because I know we have a lot of artists and designers that are using, you know, tools we did in our prototype phase of the game that should not really be used right now. So they're like, you know, putting in content that's really not ideal or we're going to be cleaning it up later or something or adding basically adding to tech debt. So yeah, yeah, you know another type of um, box that I hate is uh, errors in the data. So yeah. for example, when you're working with a, a JSON file and uh, you're pulling that information, converting the JSON file into a class, but you have a typo in one of the names or something like that, and your application crashes right at the beginning. You're like what the hell? My code, my code was fine. Yeah, and it's just yeah, a, yeah just a typo. Boom. Well, and you don't get a, a, a 
a syntax error or anything like that, you won't get it. They say that, you know, data should never crash your game, though. You so, gotta clean that shit up? Yeah, clean your shit up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Error handling. Error handling. Error handling. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, I think we talked about this earlier as well. This is one of our final things, I guess, about um, our, you know, crashes and bugs. But, you know, testing the game, I think we talked about this. Oh, uh, yeah, about... I think we did talk about this. Just, like, testing the game in and of itself is a dark process. You know, you could... Like you said, the multi-threaded versus, you know, trying to test on multiple platforms, whether it's, you know, Xbox, Android, iOS, or having to build to, you know, your phones or building to web player. You know, you're doing, you know, just testing your game can be a headache and could be a long, drawn-out process, especially if you don't have the manpower. You don't have QA department to handle this stuff for you. Um, so, yeah. Um... I'm getting depressed as we keep talking. Well, that's, that's, that's the good. point. That's the good. That's yeah, the point. that's the point. I really dark in this episode. This will be the man. last episode of you <laughs> that we get listens on. Jeez, <laughs> so, guys, uh, it was great up until this episode fifty. Dark. <laughs> um, nothing. What else? Just uh, yeah, I guess just other just other dark areas that Ryan touched on, but like uh, data dealing with server, multiple servers, remote servers, or streaming in assets. Uh, you know, matching. Um, Go ahead. Oh, like versioning problems, just like you know, yeah, oh, what's, problems. Why, why isn't that loading? Oh, it's a different version, or you like third-party APIs. Well, hey, there's no error code coming out of this. Yeah, well, that CRC didn't match up, which it was wrapped in a web request, so the web request worked, but the CRC didn't match, so the asset caching failed. But it didn't want to tell you that because that API is kind of a hybrid of asset caching and generic <laughs> Unity. Oh, sorry, yes, Unity <laughs> web requests. <laughs> He's really stressed out. Yeah, you're really yeah, stressed it's out. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Unity's a great platform, don't get me wrong, but there's just something, and they, this has gotten better now. They've iterated over the dub-dub-dub coroutine, which was meh yeah. at best. So, I mean, it's getting better, but yeah, there's all sorts of just little, like, things like that. And it's not just one thing, you know. It's, it's like sort of the culmination of, like, well, this... And then, like Abina said, I got multiple platforms where, oh, yeah, well, we rebuilt the asset maps and manifests on for this one, but not this one. And, oh, yeah, but we deployed the server version with this one and the client version with that one. Oh, yeah, well, CI didn't happen to move that file today, so now everything just looks completely fucked up. So <laughs> it's like... It, it's, he's, he's had a rough he has had a rough patch lately. Yeah, so. yeah well... You. I, <laughs> yeah, I've been on like fire. I've been like the team firefighter for the past month at least, and yeah. so like you see everybody else around. And this can kind of this may be another thing in like sort of a crunch and firefighting mode thing too that can get to you, is you see fellow engineers like maybe working on new features and things like that, and like revising or implementing systems, and you're there just trying to like you know fix the bugs, help other people, you know fix continuous integration or you know you know just trying to like keep yeah. the project afloat and get things working better and so QA can test and then everybody else can know that their shit's working and you know but that can kind of like you know like like just draw on you for a while it's like well I haven't actually yeah. implemented a new feature in a month That's but true. I'm actually keeping things afloat so everybody else's features can get through the pipe so That's true. Ah, yeah, that's there a good we go. Point. That's that feels good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So yeah, that that should wrap up our first uh, first part of you know the dark side of development. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. Eduardo, you want to talk about our fancy Facebook group? 
No, I don't. He's all depressed after that episode. <laughs> I don't want to talk about anything. Got PTSD. Uh, so yeah, our Facebook group, the Debug Lounge, uh, is a cool community that we have created uh, for you guys, where you can uh, interact with each other, uh, ask for feedback about your games, uh, but also is. Um, the pool that we used to uh, for the debug lounge uh, video show on YouTube, um, where you you can uh, have 15 to 30 minutes to talk about uh, your game, the game that you're releasing or the one that is in progress, and uh, you will have like thousands of people um, listen to what you have to say. So it's a good uh, marketing opportunity. Yeah, so we're about to release some videos from Unite there pretty soon after yes. the, you hear this episode. So for sure. <clears throat> so, um, Ryan, you want to talk about the Patreon? How they can get it on board with that? <laughs> I don't know our Patreon site. <laughs> don't call me out like it's Patreon.com/slash/debuglog. Thank you. If you <laughs> want to support the show, go there. We have a few people. We have a couple hold generous on, people. Abina, Abina, here we go. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/debuglog. Now you can edit that in. <laughs> that looks like so much of a jackass. I'm not. But just keep that in. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> No, 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 seriously, um, (laughs) we're joking about this, but um, if you, if you feel like uh, you get uh, value from, from the podcast and you really like it and you want to help us out, the best way to do it is uh, by supporting the debug log on Patreon. You just have to go to patreon.com slash the debug log and pledge um, whatever you want, like one buck, five, like we're gonna... uh, Except the Hobbit so. <laughs> Cool. You'll Thanks, just play Eduardo that one. You'll just play that one. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you for doing Order. everything, Eduardo. Uh, anyway, uh, with that said, uh, if you guys want to catch me on Twitter, you can find me at OBeans. That's O with an H, Beans with a Z. I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C-U-R-R-I-E. I'm at R-E Kilgore, K-I-L-L-G-O-R-E. And I'm at Eduardo CF1989. Sweet. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Go download the hangman. Never say it. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I say it every time. And <laughs> I, will, I always forget, man. So if you have an Android, um, just go to Google Play and download the hangman. It's the best hangman in the uh, in Google Play. Just right straight at the bat uh, and give it a review or uh, just rate it. Wrap it up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 All right. Peace. Bye. Take care.